to 2 Chronicles chapter number 30, and uh, I, I feel like preaching today. And uh, I, I know, I know it's Christmas weekend, and uh, you know, uh, we're supposed to maybe just, you know, do an online thing or, or just, you know, have a, a worship set and that's it. No, we are an apostolic church, and we believe in the Word of God. And we believe that God is here moving in our midst. Amen. He was manifest in the flesh, but he didn't leave us then. He came back. He said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send my, my spirit to you. Amen. I'm so glad that I go to a spirit-filled church. Amen. We're going to read from 2 Chronicles chapter number 30. A few verses of scripture we're going to read here. Verses 13 through 20. So apologize for the long reading on this Christmas Sunday. And there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month, a very great congregation. And they arose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem. And all the altars for incense took they away and cast them into the brook Kedron. Then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month, and the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. And they stood in their place after their manner, according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood, and they received of the hand of the Levites, for there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore, the Levites had the charge of killing of the Passovers for everyone that was not clean to sanctify them unto the Lord. For a multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh and Issachar and Zebulun had not cleansed themselves, yet did they eat the Passover otherwise, otherwise than it was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon everyone that prepareth his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And verse 20 tells us, And the Lord hearkened to Hezekiah, and he healed the people. He healed the people. Amen. I want to preach to you for just a little while on this thought today. Even for you, even today. Even for you, even today. Hallelujah. I believe that there is a gospel that reaches in 2021. That his blood still works. Amen. If you believe that, why don't we just rejoice together and lift up some worship to the Lord and thank Him for His goodness. Let's thank Him for His cleansing. Let's thank Him for coming to this earth. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel the Lord in this place. Amen. If you're going to preach with me, you can be seated at this time. In the book of Luke, Jesus was teaching on prayer, and he made this statement. He said, uh, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, 
receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. He said this, he said, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Jesus was making a point to them that you as a father, you know how to give good gifts. You know how to give your children what they need and also not only what they need, but what they ask for. And so he sums it up like this. He says, if then, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Amen. This is the season of giving. This is the season of gift giving where we bless one another. And no doubt many of you had a Christmas tree full of gifts and you, you had family members that, that maybe you don't give gifts too commonly, but you gave them a gift this time of year because you want to you remind them, I love you. Amen. It's that season of giving. And so on that thought, I want to start from this point here today, and it's that our God, our Heavenly Father, gives great gifts. And I've got good news for you here today, and it's that you're His child. Hallelujah, we are in the family of God. Each and every person in this house, everybody under the sound of my voice, God has something that he wants to give you. I would say he's already given something for you here today. And Paul said it this way. Paul, in all of his wisdom, all of his education, he told the Corinthian church, he said, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I've come with a simple message here today, and I want to remind you of that power that is in that gospel story once again, that when Jesus was born, he was born for a purpose. He was born to be a gift for all of us. Hallelujah. Paul, in all of his wisdom, he could teach anything, but he taught that Jesus died for us. That he was our sacrifice. He died in our place on the cross for our ransom. Hallelujah. What a mighty God. The prophecy said in Isaiah 53, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that he shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant justifies many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Amen. That's a reason to rejoice here today. That our God carried our sin. He bore it on his own shoulders when he came to this earth. He came so you could feel every, so he could feel personally everything that we face. Every temptation we face, it was put on his shoulders and he carried it 
to the cross willingly. I'm preaching about the blood of Jesus today. I'm preaching about the story of redemption here today. And I've got a burden in my heart to tell you that it's still for you today. That this gospel still works today. And he wants to save you. He wants to cover you. He wants to carry your iniquity. Hallelujah. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, the writer of Hebrews said, but by his own blood he entered in once into uh, for us. Amen. By his own blood. God's blood. His own blood. It wasn't somebody else that bled on that cross. So Christ was offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Amen. Our sin is already paid for from his redemptive work. Hallelujah. He paid a price that I could never pay. I was, I was wicked. I was wrong. But he saw me anyways. Hallelujah. He saw me in my sin and said, I could save an Emilio Garza. He saw me in my sin and said, I've got to make a way for him. Hallelujah. And yet he made a way for all of us from his own blood. I'm sorry I get so emotional when I just think about that the king of glory, the king of kings, the Bible tells us in first and John chapter 1 that he was in the world and the world was made by him but they knew him not. Wow, what power that Jesus walked among his creation. There's nobody like him. There's nobody beside him. Hallelujah, surely he is a mighty God, and surely his mercy is everlasting. Hallelujah, it's for you today. Somebody has said, it's for me today. Hallelujah. Peter preached in Acts chapter 4. He said, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. Our God came to make us complete. In Colossians it says that ye are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. You see, you're born incomplete. There's some assembly required. Amen? We were born with this horrible thing called sin. And all of us had it. All of us have this disease in us. But Jesus completed us. Jesus made us whole. He washed us clean with, that, with a cleaning that no one else could wash us with. Are you hearing me today? I'm preaching to you the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is the power unto salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. 
It's all in Jesus. And I can't help but read this story in the, in the second book of Chronicles in our text where Hezekiah the king, he had a burden in him to honor again the Passover in Jerusalem. He celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover. And the Bible tells us that a great multitude came who ate the Passover, even though they had not cleansed themselves. I can't help but read this story and think that this was such a beautiful foreshadowing of the story that would come, the story of Jesus Christ, the greatest story ever told. For Hezekiah, he stood and he prayed for them, saying, the good Lord pardon everyone that prepareth his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And the Lord, the Bible says, hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. They were not worthy according to the law to partake of the Passover. But there was somebody who stood up. There was a king who stood up and prayed, God, pardon them. God, they're preparing their heart. They're turning their heart to you. Would you just make a way that they could be saved? Would you just provide a way for their cleansing? We too weren't worthy. Yet at the day of Pentecost... At the very same celebration that Hezekiah was at, he poured out his spirit onto this wicked flesh and on the people, and they were baptized in Jesus' name for the forgiveness of their sins. Amen. Just like it was back in Hezekiah, the Lord heard their prayer, and he saw them preparing their heart, and he made a way for them to be completely whole. He made a way for them to be cleansed at Pentecost. Oh, our God is a loving God. Although we're not worthy, he still loved us enough to say, I'll wash you. I'll take care of you. Although we've made mistakes, he saw value in you because he loves each and every one of you in this house. The book of Luke in chapter number 15 tells us several parables that Jesus told back to back that I find so powerful and that illustrate this all the more. And, and it's that, that he tells these stories as the, 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 the religious people of their day were, were coming to persecute Jesus and talk bad about Jesus. For the scripture says that Jesus, he, he went near, he drew near unto all the publicans and sinners to hear him. That's what I love about my Jesus. He didn't, he didn't care to hang out with the religious people. He didn't care to, to hang out with the high class of society. But he was a king of the people. He was right there with the publicans and sinners. And the Pharisees and scribes, 
murmured. They said, this man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. They're, they're here and they're, they're going to talk bad about Jesus because of who he's hanging out with, the Pharisees. But Jesus, he tells a powerful story, three stories in a row. And I just want to preach on these for a little while. P Pastor would preach on these so more capably than I could. But let me tell you something. He spake to them this parable. He said, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not he leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Hallelujah. He told them, he said, you know, there's some people that have strayed away from me. There's some people maybe unknowingly that have, have left my flock, but I'm going to go and find them. I'm going to go and reach them. And that's the kind of God that we serve here today on December 26th. He's still a reaching God. He's still a reaching God. He will find someone who's lost. Hallelujah. And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Oh, my God rejoices when he finds the one who wandered off. He's not ashamed of you. Hear me in this house. My God is not ashamed of how you've wandered away. My God is not sickened with how you've wandered away, but rather he's a God that when he finds you, he puts you on his shoulders and he'll carry you home and he'll rejoice that he's found you. Even for you, even today. Hallelujah. The religious people came to condemn Jesus for how he loved the publicans and sinners. And while he was there among the publican and sinners, he preached this message to them. First John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Friend of mine, if you're in this house and you feel lost, you feel like you've wandered away, I've come to tell you that there's a God who loves you and he's just waiting for your confession. He's just waiting for you to pour that heart out to him and say, God, I need you. And the moment we cry out to him, the moment that we confess our sins, he's there, he's faithful, and he'll forgive us. He'll forgive us our sins. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our God searches for those who are lost. I can see the religious people fuming as he tells this story. As Jesus didn't stop there, but he presented another parable to them. Right after this one, he said, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. And when she hath found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. Hallelujah. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy 
in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Hallelujah. He gives the same story in another way, doesn't he? Hallelujah. But something powerful that I see in the pages of my Bible as I read this story is that the coin had no way of finding its way home. You see, there was some hope for the sheep that it could stumble its way back to the fold. Maybe it would be the smell of the food. Because I don't know about you, but if I'm walking in the woods and I ain't ate in a while, I get hungry. But that coin had no capability to make its way back. It was lost without hope. It was lost with no way of making it back home. You ever lost something in your house? If you don't go look for it, it's not going to jump out of nowhere. You have to go find it. You know what I'm saying? If you got something important you've lost, you know what I'm talking about. You've ripped apart your house. You've taken the cushions off the couch. And you're looking all in there and you're thinking, my Lord, we never vacuum under these cushions. Do we? You got, you got Cheez-Its from last year. You got M&Ms from Halloween. But that's what God does. He searches and he scours the house looking for that thing that's been lost. Hallelujah. He looks for that coin. Acts 2 and 39 says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that it wasn't just for the attendees at Pentecost. It happened at a Pentecost. It happened to everybody that was there. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. But it didn't stop there. For our God is a reaching God. Our God is a searching God. And he's looking for those that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I've come to tell you if you're sitting in this house, our God has called you. Our God is calling you. And he has more for your life than what you have now. I've come to tell you, you're not too far gone. You're not too far gone for my God to reach you. He can save you. He can find you. And he can put you back in your rightful place. We belong with the Lord. Hallelujah. Our God can save anybody. I come to tell you he can save anybody because he saved me. I was lost in a world of sin. I didn't want God at all. I stood in altars and pushed him away. I put my mouth shut. I didn't say a single word of worship in the altar. But my God kept reaching. He kept searching. He kept searching. He wouldn't rest until he found me. And he's not going to rest until he finds you, friend of mine. If I were you in this house and you're feeling lost, I would reach out to him right now. You don't even got to wait to the end of the sermon, but you can reach out to God right now. For he's reaching 
for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. The reality is none of us, none of us can make our way into this kingdom. But he searched and he found all of us. He called each and every one of us. Hallelujah. And he didn't stop there for he told another story. And while the sinners and publicans sat and the Pharisees continued to murmur as Jesus was telling these stories, he had one more story to tell for he told a story of a son who took his inheritance from his father and he lived riotously, no doubt bringing shame to the family and walked away from his home and their farm and their world. He left his older brother behind. Hallelujah. Although the father had every right to disown his son, to cut him loose and say, no, you're not allowed back here, and never welcome him again, this story happened. For the scripture says, when he finally came to his senses in the New Living Translation, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. The translation says, oh, I'm so thankful we serve a God who is compassionate and loving unlike anything that we can ever understand. For first of all, he sat every day and he watched on the horizon waiting for his son to come home. He watched and the moment he saw him afar off, he ran and met him where he was at. Oh, if you're afar off today, but you're making a step towards God, I've come to tell you our God's watching. He's watching like a hawk, and he's looking on the horizon for somebody who's coming home, and he's going to run to meet you. He's a God of compassion. He's a God of love and compassion. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. For the powerful principle of the prodigal son was he chose to walk away. He made a conscious decision. The sheep might have had some level of consciousness, but the son had full 
understanding of what he was doing by asking for his inheritance. Our God doesn't just love the sheep. He doesn't just love the coin. But he loves the son who's walked away. He's loved us. He loves the son who's decided to, to go against the word of the Lord. Who's rejected God. Hallelujah. That's the kind of God that we serve here today. I've come to tell you that it's even for you. Yes, I'm talking to you. If you're wondering, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Maybe we just feel like we're, we've strayed away. Maybe you feel like you've completely ran away. Maybe you fit into one of these categories. But I've come to tell you, God's love is for you. His mercy is for you. Hallelujah, as the musicians would come. In the book of Deuteronomy, I was reading in the scripture... And this stuck out to me so much when the scripture says in Deuteronomy 4 and 29, it says, but if from thence thou seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou shalt seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. We don't serve a God who's distant. We don't serve a God who's just far away and just just kind of observing from the background with his arms crossed. No, we serve a God who from the moment we reach out to him, he's there and he's ready to save us. It says this, when thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which he swear unto them. What stuck out to me so powerfully was that statement in verse 30. When he said this, the prophecy had a pause and it said, even in the latter days. Even in today's age. If you read it in another translation, it says, even in the distant future. Our promises of God aren't just for that generation. They're, they're, they are for all of us who are here today. Amen. The Old Testament wasn't done away with, but it was fulfilled in Christ. And I've come to tell you that is Jesus that we're speaking of here today. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. Even in the latter days, he will not forsake thee. Even in the latter days, he will not destroy you. Even in the latter days, he won't forget his covenant that he swore to, his, to your fathers. Hallelujah, I've come to declare to you this gospel's for you. Hezekiah stood in the gap and prayed for the people as they were humbling themselves to the Lord. He said, the good Lord pardon everyone. And so did Jesus pardon us at the cross. I come to ask you, will you come and give your life to him at the cross once again today? Will you have enough faith to believe that our father is a good father who'll accept you with open arms today? Hallelujah. He'll accept your repentance. 
He'll accept you if we just confess our sins to Him. He's faithful and just. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David said this. He said, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. If we have the right heart, if we're preparing our heart and we come to him with a heart of repentance, if we come to him with a broken spirit, saying that my will, my flesh, I'm breaking that before you, God. He won't despise you. He won't push you away. Amen. He's a God who's reaching here today. He's a God that's reaching further than anyone else ever could. When others might have written you off, our God will never write you off. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, and as we stand to our feet, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in glory. This scripture in the Bible was a song in its time that the oneness believers, that they sang. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Does it mean that it's confusing? No, it doesn't mean that it's confusing. It means that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament. Hallelujah. And the mystery is that he would love us so much to do it. There's no controversy. There's no questioning that Jesus loves you. He loved you so much that he came and he died on the cross to save us here today. Amen. This reminds me of a song that I wonder if we would sing here today that they said that his godliness was like a mystery. Amazing that God would do something like that. You know, there's a song we sing today that's very much like that. And it's that there's no wall he won't break down. There's no wall he won't kick down coming after me. Hallelujah. We know that our God's not reckless. He's not reckless. But to us, it seems reckless. How his love is. Oh, Jesus. It seems reckless, Pastor, that God would give me another chance. It seems wild. It's a mystery to me, like Paul would say, that he would love me and give me another chance. But here he is today with his arms wide open. The sun's come up for another day and there's still a father watching on the horizon waiting for his son to come home. Oh, is there somebody in this house who's ready to come home? Is there somebody in this house who's ready to say, God, I just want to be in your house. I just want to be in your arms. I just want to be close to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for reaching me. Come on, he's reaching right now. If you feel that pull of God, I want to open these altars and I want you to come to this altar and pray. I want you by yourself, on your own, 
Make it your decision. Come to this altar and feel that pull of God. Come on, He's pulling you right now. Where you are, if you'd lift your hands and lift your voice, there's a Father who wants to wrap His arms around you. There's a God who wants to fill you with His Spirit. Hallelujah. As you begin to worship Him, as you begin to repent before the Lord, He'll begin to put words in your mouth. That's His Spirit coming out of you. That's the sign of the Holy Spirit coming out of you. I've come to tell you, friend, our God is reaching today. Our God is seeking after someone today. It's for you. It's for you. Even them that are afar off. Come on, he's reaching you. He's reaching you. Would you cry out to him? Would you confess to him, God, I'm a sinner. And I need your grace. I need your love. Oh, I want to be closer to you than I've ever been. Would you lift your voice? Would you lift your voice? Would you repent to God right now? Come on, heaven's rejoicing because you're repenting. Come on, just tell Him you're sorry for your 